you're thinking, man, that was a short Bible reading, um, then that's okay, uh, because we're just starting off with that one image today, uh, and we will uh, come back next week to its companion image, uh, which is, uh, you are the light of the world. But we're going to start this morning uh, with, uh, you are the salt of the earth. Now, our late and uh, beloved queen was likened this week uh, to a rock on which our country has been built. And that image of a rock has a certain uh, sort of suitable and solemn uh, ring to it. Uh, But uh, our late queen would have been the first to deny it. Uh, She knew her Bible very well, and she knew that uh, that image of the rock uh, in Scripture belongs to God and also uh, St. Peter. Uh, but it's God who's so often called rock in Scripture, that, that sense that we can have as people that there is somewhere solid to stand. Uh, there is someone in whose arms uh, we can completely uh, trust ourselves. Jesus' image of salt that we heard from Sophie's reading and light that we're going to look at next week are far more promising ways Uh, to describe either an individual Christian uh, like our late queen uh, or uh, our whole church community. And those images of salt and light seem to me very promising ways to sum up her life and her faith and her impact. That beautiful combination that we saw uh, of public confidence in the gospel, but always backed up by an integrity and a steadfastness of life. And that integrity and steadfastness both backed up what she said and also colored in uh, those words uh, that she would use. Now, if you were here with us a few years ago, we spent uh, a few months looking at the very start of Matthew chapter 5, at what are called uh, the Beatitudes. And now we've jumped straight back into chapter 5 of Matthew, uh, right at the end of the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, if you remember, are these extraordinary upside-down signposts uh, about blessing. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit is the way uh, that they begin. And these are upside-down signposts as to where we find God's blessing and the kind of places in which God shapes us and the kind of places in which we would expect to meet with God. Uh, But we find blessing in poverty of spirit and we find blessing in mourning and we find blessing in being meek. We find blessing in giving mercy. And we find blessing in becoming pure of heart. Now those are all places that most of us avoid. And they're all places that we would not think to look for God and for his blessing. And yet Jesus' promise again and again as he bangs these signposts into the ground are, if you want to look for blessing, this is the place to find it. And Jesus' focus in Matthew chapter 5 now changes. The question now is, what kind of influence do beatitude people expect to have in our world? So if you've got a group of people like us together, and we started to live out the beatitudes, uh, both within our families, but also as a community in our bigger community, what would that look like? What kind of impact uh, would we have? Well, the end of Matthew 5 tells you very specifically that one of the things that happens is that Christians are persecuted and insulted. 
and through our support and partnership with Open Doors as a church community, we are very well aware that that is true. But despite that, or possibly through that, Jesus offers us two complementary ways of seeing ourselves as the church, that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And today we're going to consider the first, the salt of the earth. I wonder what you think Jesus meant when he said to his disciples, and he says more widely to us, you are the salt of the earth. It's a phrase, isn't it, that's often used to describe someone that's down to earth, someone that's kind of plain speaking and uncomplicated and unpretentious, someone who's not pompous. Well, I think that's part of what Jesus means, but I think there's much more going on here. The most important use of salt in Jesus' time was as a preservative. So when we think salt, we think of something that we use to add flavor to our cooking. But at Jesus' time, the key thing that you did with salt was to preserve things. So a little bit of salt could preserve meat and other products at a time when there was no refrigeration, no other way of keeping things for a long period of time. So salt stopped decay. Uh, Salt stopped valuable things spoiling and going off. Now, uh, hands up if you either uh, receive a salary or you have in the past received a salary. Just put your hand up. Yeah, most of you. Including the people that work for the church, you do get a salary. Yeah, okay, hands down. Great. So, did you know that our word salary uh, comes from the fact that Roman soldiers were paid often in salt. So at the end of the month, when you were paid, that's what you were given as a Roman soldier. You were given salt, which is where our word salary comes from. That's how essential to life salt was in Jesus' culture. So no salt, no food. No salt, no life. So we need to get rid of this thought that salt is something that you, you can sort of think about adding to cooking to bring out the flavor. Instead, it's something that is absolutely vital to stop things from decaying and going off. So when Jesus says to us as his people, as beatitude people, you are the salt of the earth, he is giving us a hope-filled way to think of ourselves. At our earlier service this morning, we sang that great football hymn, Abide With Me. One of the lines in that is, change and decay in all around I see. There are lots of places in our world, in our own church, in our own hearts, where there is decay and despair. Those challenging and disappointing places uh, that we are called to be standard bearers for the gospel in those places. We have a calling as a church not to retreat, not to hibernate, but to be love-filled, hope-filled people in the places of of decay and despair in our part of the world. Now, picture for a moment, if you can, uh, where you're going to be this coming week. Uh, Home, work, school, out and about in the community. And picture in particular uh, the places that you might be this week where there is like real decay and real despair. And now I just want you quietly, it may, may help to close your eyes, doesn't matter, just to ask God that when you are in that place this week, that you are someone who brings renewal and healing. 
you might need to tell God honestly if you're actually fed up with that place. You're fed up with having, in a sense, to meet decay and despair with love and with grace. So many of us uh, feel sometimes that we're on the very verge of giving up on people and on places. When Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth, he's telling us that we are called with all of our failings to be the plaque-busting tartar that reigns in decay and despair. And he tells us that we will do that not by being bossy, certainly not by being judgmental, but the way we do it is by being transparently weak and meek and hungry for his justice. Now, the church is often we're at our best uh, when we take this call seriously. And let me briefly offer you two examples. The first, you need to go back 2,000 years nearly uh, to the first centuries uh, after Jesus' resurrection and to Roman culture at the time. Now, Roman culture at the time was a place of sexual bullies. In one sense, uh, not much has changed. But historians talk about the first sexual revolution happening in Roman culture through the influence of Christians. In Roman culture, high-standing men could basically have sex with whoever they wanted. High-standing women had to stay faithful to their husbands. Lower-ranking women could not deny any man if uh, that man wanted to have sex with them. Along come the Christians. Christians teaching, but also more importantly living out the fact that the best sex is consensual and is covenantal. And that was truly revolutionary. And of course, our culture would want to look back on that and say, oh, you know, things are much better now. But of course, there are so many places in today's culture that have lost touch with that beautiful ethic of consensual and covenantal and where sexual bullying is still rife and terrible. A reminder that we are continuously called to be salt of the earth and light for the world. We'll come to Jordan, the kingdom of Jordan in the 1990s. Thousands of Iraqis are streaming across the border in the first Iraq war. And Jordan then, as it has done now uh, with the war in Syria, opened its heart and opened its homes uh, to uh, thousands, tens of thousands of uh, Muslim uh, arrivals from Iraq. And King Hussein, who was the king of Jordan at the time, said to the churches uh, in uh, Jordan, which are a very small minority, the, the king said to the churches, will you please help to welcome and settle uh, our Muslim neighbors? And the churches did in vast numbers. And the king uh, later wrote these words. He said, Christians are less than 1% of the population of Jordan, but they are the glue that holds this country uh, together. Fascinating words uh, from a king about uh, his country. And that image of glue holding things together is not a million miles from the image that Jesus gives us, uh, which is salt. That little bit of salt that brings so much beauty and renewal to a community. So, what might it look like for us together to live and work as the salt 
of this patch of earth. You've got to go back, haven't we, to the Beatitudes, to what it's like to have our lives turned around by Jesus' grace and forgiveness, what it's like to start finding blessing and meeting with God in poverty of spirit and in mourning and in that hunger and thirst for righteousness, in that search for purity, in that determination to be peacemakers. That is the only way that we can be salt of the earth. Because if we start to be those things in Jesus' grace, then we are ready to live for God and we are ready to live for neighbor. And then we're ready to get stuck into the places of decay and neglect and despair with all of the self-sacrifice that this requires. We know that the God who loves us loves our broken world too. And we know that our imperfect service will be offensive to a decaying world, a decaying world that loves to paper over the cracks and say that everything is fine. So there will be things that we offer both as individuals and as a church within our city that are jeered at or patronized or we're told to mind our own business or as Christians are in many other parts of the world, we are run out of town. We know that. We know too that our service will be deeply attractive to some, that there will be those times when grace and opportunity and service and gifting and time and place all align and people see and savor Jesus Christ in our lives of service. Now, a final word to the chemists among you, and I know there are a few. You will know that sodium chloride is in fact a very stable compound. You can leave salt in a packet or in a jar or in a salt shaker for years and years and years, and it won't stop being salt. Salt doesn't actually stop being salt, even if you leave it for decades. But, and this was the issue in Jesus' day, salt can be so mixed, mixed in with other things, that essentially it ceases to be of any use at all. It can be mixed in Jesus' day with sand or with dust or with other minerals to kind of dilute it and to eke it out. So it just becomes completely useless. So if you want to preserve something with something that's only 20% salt and is 80% sand or other nonsense, it won't have any impact. And if you had a big bucket of something that was only 20% salt and 80% lots of other stuff that was no good, you can't pick the individual grains of sand, of salt out of that bucket. You just have to throw it away. It is completely useless. And that is the warning that Jesus gives alongside this hope-filled picture of the church. We are supposed to be a life-giving, standout minority. We bless the earth by by staying true to Jesus and retaining our distinctive flavor. We don't hide in the salt shaker, but nor do we blend and bend with the culture. We are Jesus' people called to serve a broken world, a world which will sometimes dismiss us or revile us, a world that will sometimes stop to see the beauty of the gospel in lives of uh, service and patience and love. 
We have witnessed, haven't we? We have witnessed one such life in the life of uh, our late queen, uh, Elizabeth II. But in remembering her today and in this coming week, in remembering her with gratitude, we remember that it is all of us. It's all of us, not just a chosen few, who are called to be salt of the earth. Amen.